Welcome back to season seven, episode one of the Black Women Working podcast. So happy to be back with you guys. Um, I've missed podcasting. So how are you guys? I've missed you all. Energy, energy. Yeah. Hey, she said she welcome back here. though. What you mean is welcome, because we ain't coming Welcome, back yes, now. welcome, welcome. I'm so <laughs> I know. We're good, we're good. I'm good, thank you for asking. Yes, all very well over here. Apologies from Nat, she couldn't make it today, but she'll be with us. She's with us. Yes, <laughs> she's with us. Spirit and Oh gosh, so let me get all the housekeeping out of the way. Um, if the listeners would remember to follow us on our socials, that's Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat on BWWPodcastUK and our hashtag is hashtag BWWPodcastUK. So if you could follow us, follow the conversation, spread the word, retweet, put it on your story, on your Instagram, that would be excellent. And um, yeah, just continue to follow us on there. Um, Yes, so today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is quite good to start with and is something that's quite pertinent and is going on right now. And that is the cost of living crisis and how it's affecting us as black women working and how it's just affecting us in general. Um, I don't know if if you guys wanted to make a little comment on it or do you want me to go ahead? (laughs) You're good. Okay, good. Go through, go through. So um, the cost of living crisis. So for those listeners, because I know we have a lot of listeners that listen to us abroad, Um, cost of living here in the UK just refers to the fall in real disposable income that people have that are working and obtaining salaries. And um, it just means that we are basically, inflation has gone up and a lot of the things that we potentially were able to use with our disposable income for things like holidays and going out shopping, those have, we've had to draw those back a bit and we've had to kind of keep our spending to a minimum. So that's basically what's happening to us in the UK at the moment. Um, I don't know if Shan or Tolls, any of you guys um, want to add anything to it? I mean, I'm not the politician or the economist, but I think the, the backdrop of 2020 and the way in which the government had to shift funding around for furlough um, and to sort of mitigate against... Um, the shortfalls for the NHS. I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I don't have the details, but I think we were already somewhat crushed. We were somewhat not in a good financial situation before, as a country before 2020. And I think that's what's tipped us over the edge. Um, Money always has to come from somewhere. So I'm not saying it wasn't right to bail out businesses and have furlough money offered because people did need that while they couldn't work but at the end of the day well at least I did we always foresaw that that money was going to have to be reclaimed from somewhere so we're seeing it in interest rates we're seeing it in terms of energy and fuel on the back of the Ukraine Russia war um I mean, conspiracists will say <laughs> the, it was always going to go up. It's got nothing to do with the war or that's planned. But I think there's a load of political circumstances that have got us here. Um, and it's definitely not going to be an easy road out. Yeah, I agree. Tolls? Um, not much to add upon that, really. I think it's just as Sharon said, we 
knew that consequences were coming, but maybe some of us were a bit naive as to what those consequences might look like. And um, now, <clears throat> now obviously it's a situation where people can understand just how um, devastating those consequences will be to the majority of the population. Yeah, definitely. I think the word naive is quite key there. Um, I think a lot of people just thought, oh, furlough, yay, this is lovely. Like, I get a little furlough here, and it's like, now, where that money has come from, we got to pay it back. I'm, I'm sure the government will taking out loans upon loans, and now we're just going to have to pay all of that back. But also, they were teething. I really want to make sure, like, that's mentioned mm -hmm. as well. They were teething. They were teething as well, so <laughs> this is also accounting for their thieving and flagrant mm -hmm. just abuse of the system that was going on as well. They are part of the cause of the, this cost of living crisis, I want, and I want listeners to know that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, so as I was preparing for the episode um, to Leeds, I did find some stats that kind of pertain to us as black women and us as black people so i just thought i'd read those out for the listeners and for you guys to hear so the first one i found was that black black households face being disproportionately impacted by the cost of living crisis and they and it has shown that nearly four in five have less than 1500 in savings now so I'm guessing potentially people have had to use their savings to bail themselves out during this time period. And now um, the savings have really depleted, so they're not able to fall back on them as they were before. Um, also, the rising cost of living has led to a third of professionals from man minority ethnic backgrounds considering to downsize their properties to deal with the rising costs and that compared to their white counterparts. So people are now deciding, okay, we're living in a four bedroom house. Um, we might be using three of the rooms. Now let's actually move to a three bedroom to downsize and maybe get back some of the money, um, get a bit of savings, build their savings up or just to have extra costs there, extra money in the kitty to use for something, I'm guessing. And then the last one I found was that uh, figures from DWP Family Resources Service show that between 2020 and 2021, 21% of households headed by someone from a Black African, Black Caribbean or Black British background didn't have enough food to stay healthy and active. And this guy has doubled three times more than the UK average. So yeah, um, it's just showing that people from our heritage, from our background, don't have enough food or the food supply has shortened because of the cost of living crisis that we're now in. They might have to go to I'm guessing food banks or they might have to do extra find extra ways to get food for their family any comments listen yeah this is this here is a serious thing and like I think by and large the majority of our listeners are um, somewhat working professionals and I think the scariest thing about this cost of living crisis is that you know, when we hear stats about, say, for example, food banks, we consider it as professionals, a class that's away from us, as in, you know, I'm not unemployed or I'm not on a low income or a, a temporary or zero hour contract. This is something that doesn't affect me. And I even say that for myself personally. 
for me to take myself to a food bank, it's not even a matter of pride. It's a matter of like, do I think I'm entitled to that on the basis of what other people are earning and other people's struggles? And I think the scariest thing about right now, and I don't know what this looked like for my parents or my grandparents because, you know, times have been poor, but not being able to afford food is a real thing. I've got three kids in my house and nothing lasts. <laughs> and, and that's an everyday cry generally, but nothing lasts. Um, getting, to, getting to, I know we're going to talk about some of these things throughout the episode, getting to work, filling up the petrol tank. It doesn't, it doesn't work. No, yeah. like, I actually hear that. Filling up the petrol tank. Can we put that in bold capitals? Filling up the petrol tank is a mazza. No. And you know, the other thing that I kind of wanted to pull out, even of what you said, Rachel, is that the um, statistics that you read from DWT was talking about enough food to stay healthy and active. And that's really important as well, because a lot of people who kind of experience poverty or go into food banks and stuff like that, you don't really as such get the option to kind of even be selecting food that is necessarily going to be actually good for your body, which means there can be longer term effects down the line in terms of health in terms of issues that may come up from that so it's really such a serious thing because essentially experiencing this in a really kind of devastating way right now could potentially um, project people's lives down a really negative path in the long run if you're not able to get enough food number one that's you're not able to get the basics number two if you're not able to get enough food to stay healthy and active then potentially that could impact your health further down the line and and if you can't already afford enough food in, to stay health food that is good enough to stay healthy and active if you're now getting sick down the line presumably you might be someone who is already kind of working all the hours under the sun so can't even afford to go and have the appropriate <clears throat> health check health care checkups and things just like it's it's a spiraling effect it's like a domino effect just bam 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 and um I sometimes think in discussions surrounding cost of living crisis when people just kind of re reduce it down to like oh instead of Kellogg's cornflakes have Tesco's cornflakes and stuff like that but actually that kind of advice only applies to the spe specific demographic there's a lot of people who are already making those cutbacks anyway just to get by day to day so it's such a massive um, topic and I'm looking forward to us kind of exploring what that looks like for black women and the ways that in which we can kind of rally together um, to pull ourselves through this because it is going to be happening for a while you know I graduated at the cusp of the last recession which was it started 2008-2009 I still remember all the houses being re repossessed people living out of their cars people living out, <clears throat> out of caravans so I've already had a taste of what something like this can look like and I think it's good for us to be here today to kind of prepare people um, for the hope for the best but prepare for the worst yeah definitely i think this is an episode where we can kind of just set the pace for the season but also give people some information that i'm sure they want to hear and have been thinking about themselves which kind of leads into the first question which is a big one what impact will the cost of living crisis have on black women working within the uk now i'll give a little answer and then i'll let you guys kind of feed in um i think for me 
I think it's the having to cut back. I think as black people, we've never been up here. I think some of us are, but I think for a lot of us, we've always been senior to medium to lower levels. And I feel like to cut back on what small wages some of us already have, it's just going to be quite a lot. I think it's going to mean people might not, not might need to get second jobs. People might need to uh, cut back in terms of, so I know one of the stats was people had to downsize. So that might also be happening, but then some people might not actually own their own home. So they might be doing a renting, they might be renting. So they might have to change where they're living so that they can get a more affordable rent. Um, I, I don't, I don't see it being very rosy for us per se. No, definitely not. And I think this, um, the impacts kind of go across many kinds of things. The first one, <clears throat> sorry, I'll talk about is kind of the social impact of that. So um, for a lot of black households, black women are actually predominantly the main providers in those households. So what we're looking at here is um, an increase in the pressure in terms of providing all of those things and preventing that household from falling um, into poverty if they weren't already in it or falling deeper into poverty and just struggling with the day-to-day -day things and naturally those kind of issues also kind of trickle down to the other members of the household namely children if there are children in the household so these kind of things start to actually impact what um, provisions can be made for them not just talking about the basics or food um, and drink but also a lot of households already in this country are struggling with the basics such as even school uniforms school textbooks so what does having even to kind of scrimp and scram with money even more have on their education and therefore their mental health as well we know as children it's not nice when you're that person in school who doesn't have all the things that you need and require that can open them up to bullying taunting all those kind of things so and then of course relationships in the home as well you know romantic relationship finance financial issues are one of the leading causes of divorces as well so again people who might have been struggling before struggling even more now potentially this is something that can even kind of add more of a wedge um, in terms of the relationships or even make a bad situation even worse if it's a particularly abusive situation as well so that's just kind of one of the social impacts of this um, in terms of the professional sense I think one of the impacts specifically for black women is we'll see the power of our pay shrink dramatically and remember there already was an ethnicity pay gap there's already a gender pay gap and now the, the money that we're earning in terms how it relates to our counterparts is even shr shrinking even further before our eyes so again that means that that gap is now widening and what that means potentially in terms of looking for new roles and things like that is we'll have to even be aiming even higher potentially in terms of financial remuneration when we're looking for roles because first of all we're making up for the ethnicity and gender pay gap that already exists but now we're also trying to make up for the cost of living gap that exists so potentially when people are applying for roles where they might have asked for a five to seven percent increase in salary they'll now realistically have to be looking at maybe a 10 to 12 percent increase in salary just to make up for all of those situations that are going on concurrently and of course all of that is quite stressful to think about we already know that there's certain discriminations and biases that impact us 
and we're applying for roles as, uh, already as well. And this can add to like mental strain, mental turmoil. And as we already know, the majority of mental health kind of the people that fill up most of the mental health institutions and um, access to services in this country a majority black and ethnic minorities now the figures are already not great in terms of how those people are dealt with so if you add on to that fact the pressure of the situation will likely add more people to that load that means potentially people will be receiving even worse care families of course will be impacted like it's just so it's just rolling 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 down the hill um so these are all kind of some of the wide-ranging you know impacts that we actually have to sit down and think about and it's not nice but it's the reality and we do just kind of have to sit down and face it yeah definitely um i agree with everything you've said also there's quite a lot of ways in which the crisis may affect us i think one of the things i picked out especially from what you've said was um in regards to women who are the head of household um if that be that they're a single parent or if that be that they are the main breadwinner in the household and they're earning the most money but that money now has to be used to fill up what gaps are being made with the cost of living um I feel like it's just, it's really hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, and I feel like based on all the things that have happened, you know, COVID and the, the war, the government and how things are all going, I don't know how, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys can help me find a way to look on the brighter side of things from this, because this is not looking like something that I want to be going into, even though we're all stuck in it. Um, I think one of the things that you, you know mentioned what, as well. Sorry, Rach, mm -hmm. you know what, yeah. I agree with you, but if there's one thing about black women is we can problem solve. <laughs> yes, we can, we can. So we can I, am, I am looking forward to kind of at least um, sort of creatively thinking and sharing some mm -hmm. ideas that we know work and some suggestions that perhaps we're trying ourselves to sort of get through this because it's not easy but if there's one thing a black woman can do mm -hmm. is problem solve and graft it's true there was one more thing that i wanted to mention because actually one of you mentioned it when we were kind of talking about this discussion earlier which is also the fear pay some people may have with regards to um, job loss and redundancy as well which is a really important thing to kind of talk about um, when we're kind of discussion discussing sorry what the solutions or um, how we can kind of navigate through this situation. Yeah. Yes. So I think something that's come out of everything is that the money side of things is going to be quite tough on a lot of people. And that money is quite a stress anyway for people, but now it's going to be a bit more of a stress with the crisis and everything. So I wanted to know if you guys knew any ways that um, could help our listeners to save money during the crisis and how they can make their income stretch and make it last longer. So I wonder if you guys have any tips for our listeners. Well, I feel like we might have to do some sort of blog spot because to just sort of reel off and, and list everything. Um, quick tips, quick tips, Shan. Things that you can I, think no, of off the top of your head. Do you know what? Like One thing that stands out to me as a working mum and a, a working mum with a child who's just coming out of nursery 
Um, and I bring this one because as I was saying about food banks, sometimes you don't realize what you're entitled to or because you earn a certain amount, you think, oh, that's not me. Nursery fees, people. For both of my children, I missed the mark on tax-free um, nursery payments and the 30 hours because I was like, well, dual income family, that's not us, that's a lie. This year, I finally got around to going on gov.uk childcare, put in my details and established that I was entitled to tax-free childcare payments. What that means is for every, something like this, for every 900 pounds a month that I pay for four days of nursery, that's not even full rate. I say that because it's not even full rates, over a grand if it's five days. For every 900 pounds I put in, I get about, 300 pounds back yeah so if you have a child that's of nursery age and you are not and you have not checked if you're entitled to child to tax-free payments go on the gov website right now because that makes a big difference that means one month i pay 900 the next month i pay 600 there's a 300 pounds <laughs> there's a 300 pound buffer there bro <laughs> bro how did i miss that for the first one well you're giving the people the knowledge now because some people might not know about Mm -hmm. it either and then the 30 hours so once your child turns three if you have a combined or household income of less than 100 grand your child's entitled to um to 30 hours 15 or 30 hours free childcare. so I get 30 and when when my when I applied for that that brought my cost down by half so we went from 900 pounds to 450 and september well now september now we are um changing micah's nursery from a private nursery to a school nursery so there are some schools that offer childcare for three-year-olds so they start from nursery rather than reception and then you only have to pay for after school club so again Mm -hmm. that can take the cost down dramatically and I say, I mean, that's a very specific example to a very specific demographic, but I'll stress, I say that because sometimes we are entitled to things and we are not um, claiming them. We're not claiming them and it's, it could be free money. It could be money that gives us grace. So workplace, for example, a lot of workplaces have travel card bonuses or travel card flex. I personally have never taken them because I'd, it's a loan and I'm just like, if I'm going to pay it back, let me pay it up front. But if your workplace offers some sort of expenses, coverage, even if you drive, start putting the mileage in. Start putting your extra mileage in. Like my partner, he drives for work as in from place to place. He never puts in the miles in between. That comes to money. Claim it. Claim your expenses where you can. If there are certain incentives that you can hold on to, like getting a tra- annual travel card and then paying it off um, throughout the year, claim what the workplace benefits are. That's two from me. 100%. I think I won't go into the kind of simplistic advice, which I'm sure is kind of already out there, but there are some kind of smarter ways that people can cut down on costs. I think the next example I'm going to use is for a specific demographic of people, not necessarily um, 
on the poverty line but you know with things like subscriptions and things like that um find people friends family members who you can share those things with instead of everybody having their individual account I have Netflix here and there's about five people on it <laughs> but it's fine because I have they have a different account on a different platform and another one has an account on a different platform and that's you know sharing is caring and that's the way we avoid you know um, spending too much money on these forms of entertainment and some people will be like well you need to cancel it because but do you know what even if you know this situation is going on people still need to have you know some form of outlet for some people um that will be holidays for other people it'll be netflix it'll be disney plus it'll be whatever streaming service like do whatever makes sense for you so there's kind of smart ways of approaching things oh. On that very specific example as well, <laughs> yeah. mummy's voice is all over the place here today. <laughs> I, I, I've spoken to my children about cost of living crisis and things mm. like our subscriptions, we keep in place. And I said, you know what? We'll keep the subscriptions, but we're not going cinema. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there'll be things that we do outside, like trampolining. I can't, we can't do trampolining at home. So we'll do those activities out. But cinema, I'm like, we're not doing that. But what we can do is we'll go supermarket and you can buy whatever you want. £10 goes a long way with children. It does. Creating a scene, little movie night. You can stay up late, have your own popcorn, like big £1 bucket from (laughs) Icon. But on that, it's like also as a family, figuring out what you can do at home. Mm -hmm to mitigate against the things that you don't have to spend outside with so the subscription stay it's a it's a an example of there's rice at home but the general generic version yes as in you know what I mean there's rice at home for real like allow maybe the McDonald's trips maybe you know cook some rice every now and again but also that's um, it's extending it in a general sense so that's kind of some of the ways in which people can kind of mitigate against those things um also thinking about where people are putting their money as well um so maybe if someone typically was going to spend i don't know five to ten k a year on holidays um it might be a good idea to revisit that and maybe say do you know what this year instead of you know the five four or five holidays i'm taking i'm only going to take two and save that money and now what you could do with that money is you could use that in various different ways you could potentially decide to invest that money so that's looking at a longer term plan of financial sustainment you could put it into things like premium bonds as well which for which there is a monthly lotto and you can win money back um, depending if that's chosen depending on if your number is chosen just thinking about some of the smart ways in which you can create plans not only for the short term but also for the long term but again I want to stress this applies to a specific demographic of people not everybody has the luxury of making these kind of decisions um so just wanting to be really clear about that but that's some of the ways in which people can kind of rejig their lifestyle around also thinking about are certain luxury items necessary to have? I know I used the example earlier of like Kellogg's um, cornflakes versus Tesco. Do you actually need to have the Kellogg's cornflakes? What's really the big? What's really the big difference with the Tesco's? Do you need to be shopping at Sainsbury's? Can you 
shop at Lidl, shop at Audi, Morrison's, Asda, those kind of things. And I think with this cost of living crisis, um, a lot of people are going to be facing those kind of decisions who actually never thought they would have to. Um, so even though some of this information is really basic for us, like, I mean, I know what poverty is. This is, I, I grew up in, a, you know, a situation where we were buying the broken biscuits packs from Netto because that's what we could afford. So these things are intuitive to me, but there may be people listening who have never been through that situation. And these are kind of the useful tips that might help them get along. Um, there's the obvious ones also in terms of not spending so much money outside if you're working out, um, in terms of buying lunch, just bringing food from home, thinking of what meals you can create that are tasty, that are healthy, and that can produce, be produced in bulk for the lowest cost. For some people, this might actually involve going onto the school of YouTube and learning how to do these things. Um, but yeah, there, there are resources available out there. And these are just one or two ways in which people can kind of um, mitigate against all these extra costs um, coming through. Yeah, and I, I want to give a phrase that um, that my partner often says that his granddad used to say, which is bend your mind to your condition. And what I think is an important message here and you know, I know we want to talk a little bit about mental health later, so maybe bringing it forward is, this is what it is, this is what it is, and so for me, I'm like, there is no point in being stressed or being miserable about this thing that I can't avoid, rather just sort of bend my mind to my condition, okay, this year I might not have a holiday which pains it pains deeply and especially in the world of social media where you've got everyone doing up soft life and self-care and it's all about what real you can post here and there and everywhere but I think if we sort of just you know I, we're only two years out of the pandemic just a year even and we went without a lot in 2020. So if you've never oh. been without before that, just put yourself back in lockdown. Up. <laughs> put yourself back in lockdown. <laughs> do your home workouts. Do your reels of your, your own home cooking. Stay in indoors. Indoors, outdoors is the new outdoors, bruh. I pay enough money for this mortgage mm -hmm. to live in this house. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be damned if it's going to pain me to enjoy my home to stay in my home mm -hmm. so if it means that I'm not going on holiday but actually I am going to find that 500 pounds to buy a nice garden set a nice table a nice bench and I've pushed that spending back not prioritize that but it means that if I have to stay at home I'm going to have a nice time at mm -hmm. home then that's what we're going to do so you know I just I just say that like for some people this is going to come naturally because of where they've come from their parents their grandparents and for others it's going to take a little bit of adjusting but um don't let it stress you out more than it needs to just ease into it and and flex with it because there's nothing else we can do um the only other solution the only other suggestion i wanted to add is also bringing it back to old school partner <laughs> mm. Yes, you know, please bring out your partner money. If mm. the banks are not working for you mm -hmm. and you do need a big spend and you have got a reliable 
group of people whether that's family or friends make sure they're um, reliable yeah make sure they're reliable yeah 100%, 100%. Um, and be realistic in what you can do but a partner is essentially for people that don't know is everyone agrees to put in a certain amount of money so for the sake of it and easy maths if it was the three of us here and we said yeah we want for I need 300 pounds up front I get 300 pounds first the next month, everybody's paying in a hundred. Rachel will collect. The next mm. month after that, tolls will collect. So you go based on the amount that you need, the number of people, which sort of dictates the number of months that you're in it. And partners are old school way of sort of getting a bulk of cash in one hit. It helps you to save potentially um where maybe your credit score isn't doing what it needs to do or you can't afford to take out a loan but you know you have the money um boy as long as you've got people around you that you trust those methods also may not fail you it's true there was just one more point that I kind of wanted to mention quickly actually too because you touched upon it Shan which is kind of pretend um protect what you're intaking as well mentally so if social media and those kind of platforms are going to kind of lean you towards, you know, feeding away about your situation, then do what you need to do, cut them off, log out, do whatever you need to do, because mentally protecting yourself in this time is going to be really key to you surviving it. So don't unnecessarily expose yourself to content that's going to make you feel away about your current situation, because really and truly this too shall pass it's not the first time this country has gone through something like this it's probably not going to be the last time but if you stay focused you stay sharp and you focus on what you need to do specifically then you'll get through it the last thing I want to kind of mention which Shan also just touched upon there is another way to kind of survive this crisis is to build your local community and one thing that we as black women are very good at is building our community and the importance of that is that you will get support as well in situations like this now this can be financial support it can be emotional support it can be mental support but what having that community means is that you can lean on someone and when other people are going through situations they can lean on you too and that is really going to be key in kind of getting through a situation like this because the people who are isolated are going to suffer the most but if we can build those communities amongst us ourselves and support each other we will get through it better together again mummy voice the community, you know, the holidays come up. If you can't afford to take time off and you've got three of you in a group and each of you take one day off, you've got three days counted for in the holidays rather than five. Maybe my maths is off there. But, you know, you've got to be creative in your thinking and reaching out for help and asking who can do what um, on a very practical, logistical level, not just financial, right? So... 100% agree on the community um, point, Tolls. Um, but I think it would also be interesting to look at uh, how can we actually get more monies? <laughs> so I think Rachel phrased the question to us, like, is there a way that we can go about asking for pay rise? What does it mean to get more money? Um, I want to hear your answers because I ain't got an answer for this. I ain't got the answer, sweet. <laughs> I got two. I got two. So first of all, let's not forget we're in the middle of the great redundancy or the great resignation, sorry, the great, resi the great resignation. And um, 
actually it's quite interesting because although there's a cost of living crisis what we're finding is when you apply for a new job you're in a stronger position to negotiate your pay and so often the people people are saying or a lot of the platforms that we follow and reach and share on our platform and our stories is saying if you move job although right now is a time that you feel like you want security it is actually a time to go and get the benefits or pay rise outside of someone new is more likely to give you more money than your current employer how true or not that is 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 to test the waters but i think there's something in that there's something in that you know most places if they're trying to poach you if you're good for the role especially where a lot of organizations are restructuring where they've sort of let people go not necessarily wanting to refill that role so they're sort of rebranding a whole structure and looking at how work is distributed if you are someone who is good for the job and maybe a little bit more there's potentially the there's potentially space to get more money there the other thing is also in terms of benefits so you know much of much of the the sort of work-life discussion has been you know everybody go back to work we need to boost the economy we can't be working from home anymore in this cost of living crisis, actually, it's not quite practical for everybody to be going to work, literally because you cannot afford transport costs. So I've heard a few stories where people have either joined a new workplace or requested from their current workplace that they're able to work from home um, in saying, I can't afford to get to work, allow me to work from home, or or you need to increase my salary to allow for travel costs because both can't run. And employers are doing it. They're bumping up salaries by a thousand, two thousand pounds. And if that's what goes towards your travel card or your petrol, there it is. Yeah, still I was just home. gonna say that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say that as well. Because money, my friend I still said, home. <laughs> yeah, my friend, she said that she spoke to her manager because her manager was saying, okay, now that COVID's like, winding down which it never is she said that she went to her manager and she said to him that she he wanted her to come back full time five days a week and she was like well that's not really affordable the cost of living has gone up travel has gone up so I feel like if you want me to come back you need to pay me extra money and he was like okay I'll take it back to the bosses and it wasn't only her that said that a few others in the team also said that because they were traveling from different distances to get to a, a central London workplace and they gave it to her so, you know, I feel like it's something that people should be thinking about. Definitely. I think that's the key there. I like the fact that you said it wasn't just her as well, because there's more power in numbers as well. Because if of it was course. just her by herself, manager might be like, who's this trifling fool? Who she thinks she is? But the fact that a lot of them said that, I think, added more power to the argument. So I guess another way of kind of getting through this is also collaborating with people or what's the word fostering good relationships with yes. colleagues as well and or not even just colleagues but with people who can potentially make your situation a bit better because they might advocate on your behalf yeah definitely I think as well in terms of looking at things that you could do to um, ask for a pay rise from your manager as well. I think that, you know, when we have our like, what is it, the annual review, or I don't know what each person calls it, but mine is annual review. 
um, you know, my manager actually was asking about how are you dealing with the cost of living? Is it working for you? And at the time, there was like a restructuring kind of going on. So I just put in my bid for what things I think would be good for the business and where I could potentially help more. And she was, oh, I think that would be good, but this could give you a pay rise. So I would speak to the managers in the background as she was like a senior, not I don't know what's on top of senior, but yeah, she was one of the senior managers, but she had some people on top of her that she would need to kind of talk to about getting those kind of costs put through. But when you've got people on your side and she's like, you know what, I actually understand what you're saying and I'm going through the same thing myself. She was there like, yeah, let, let's talk about this and let's see if this is something we can do going forward. I think you raise an important point there in kind of like um, looking at, what can what can we do on an organizational level so you know budgets are squeezed but um if you are in a position of leadership a position of management where actually you can figure out how and where the organization can save costs then there, there's also nothing wrong with that and I think you put yourself in a good position you know even if it's down to like photocopying budgets or <laughs> I mean schools we always be making cuts we went from parents evening have everybody being offered pizza to bring your own biscuits <laughs> which <laughs> people complain hell about. no hell no pizza is that how they were running Bro, these that's, days. How they, that's how they were rolling less oh we're talking a decade ago but um, my point is, if you can also prove to your organization how and where money can be saved, it strengthens the position for where they can more better spend money on the people who are delivering the work. So I think for leaders, HR, management, people who have the financial strings that are listening, um, you know, cost of living isn't just an individual thing. What, what can we be doing from an organizational level? I think also the other point that I wanted to make, um, I'll read this question is because it was specifically how do we go about asking for a payroll? I think the same um, conditions, terms and conditions apply. But as mentioned before, what you can do um, once you qualify your argument for getting a pay rise, this is if you're already within an organisation and you don't necessarily want to leave to get a new job, um, is that when you're negotiating that new pay, you yourself account for the rising cost of living in terms of what you want, and then you propose that. You don't even have to say it to that those people that this is because of cost of living. Just say, this is what I want, and see where you get with that. Yeah, definitely. I think... I'll look at the last two and kind of merge them together. The last two points, try and merge them together for you guys. So obviously, I know we spoke about previously protecting your mental health during this time. And I think obviously, as you know, we were talking about cutting back on certain things. So you guys were talking about maybe changing where you shop or not doing certain things with your kids in terms of cinema, but then they've got like Netflix and Disney at home. And I think those can sometimes make us feel away and our mental health is gonna be affected by that because those things before we were used to just going out to the cinema, but now we might have to cut back. And I think that can actually, you know, make our mental feel a bit, mm, feel, feel a bit rubbish or we feel like, oh, we really wanted to do this and we know we can't. So the things that we used to enjoy, we can't do those anymore. Well, some of them we can't do anymore. And then how do we go about protecting that? And then off the back of that, people may also be going through 
job loss or redundancy during this time as businesses have had to cut back or some of them can't work as they were working before the pandemic. So how do we protect ourselves when during a time when a lot of things are against us and there's a lot of things that might be going against our mental health or things that we were used to and things that we used to enjoy we can't do anymore? Um, I think the key, one of the key things is getting our affairs in order quickly. Um, making sure you have things such as um, a budget tracker. So if you don't have that already, that will help you kind of understand what your outgoings are, what your incomes are, and hopefully put you in a place of a bit more emotional stability in terms of um, the finances you know that are flowing through your household. And I'd also say don't allow you know, so, social performances or enjoyment to make you spend irresponsibly. Um, kind of face your front, don't be kind of beguiled by all those things going on because at the end of the day you don't actually know what those people's financial situations are. Some of them may be heavily in debt they, or they may not be but what you need to do is kind of stay in your lane and focus on what you need to do for yourself um, and I also think acceptance is really key and I think a lot of people are still in denial stage about the gravity of the impact of this situation on them but I encourage people to really sit down and look at it in real terms what this cost of living crisis will have on their life and lifestyle as it stands and face it and understand that it will be a grind there's no two ways about it it's going to be um, a serious time but at the end of the day, like I said before, you will get through it if you are able to stay focused, you build your communities, you make sure you have people to lean on for support, you be that support for other people as well. And, you know, you train your mind in a sense to endure hardship as a discipline. That's actually a Bible verse, but it's so relevant to the situation now, like literally train your mind to endure hardship as a discipline so that anything above that you will appreciate um, so much more and you will be able to survive this raggedy period. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, Rach, I think it's not um, a matter of can't, like I can't, I can't, I can't. It's how can I? And you just maybe have to do something different. And, and that's that. And so, for example... I want to hang out with the girls. You know what? We ain't going out. We're all going to buy a bottle for six pounds and hang out at home. Like, and if that's the reality, yes, it's nice to go out. Yes, it's nice to get dressed up. And we're not saying totally remove those things. But there's also a how else can I? You know, during COVID when we couldn't travel, my family did caravan trip. For the first time, I went from Caribbean holidays to caravan. Um, my kids have been like, that's some of the best times. We've been three times now. And they're like, that's the best times they've ever had. You, Me considering caravan, in what life? It's not my vibe. But the essence was we needed time away from home doing something fun. We didn't get on a plane. We just did something else. We had a week away somewhere else. So I think when you are saying to yourself, I can't, oh, I can't do this, I can't do it. Yes, that is a reality, but more so in protecting your mental health, it's more about how else can I? And so, you know, where you might not be able to just flash the cash at a holiday, like someone says, boom, let's go. And you've got, you know, 500 pound a grand down payment. It might be that I want to go on holiday, but actually I'm going to have to wait 12 months and put down a hundred pounds a month to be able to do this. 
then do that. Like there are, there's multiple ways to make four. One plus three, two plus two, four plus zero. Like you don't necessarily have to remove the enjoyment. Also, please, let's not see cost of living crisis as removing enjoyment from our lives. You can still have enjoyment. It just might not look the way it's always looked and it might not come as quickly as it's always come, but it's possible um, if we're going to protect our mental health in that. Um, on, on redundancy, you know, I feel like that's just like a whole another conversation. Yeah, I um, just thought I'd throw it in there. <laughs> I know, and I, I think we, we, I think, you know, we've got so much content around you know, preparing for annual reviews or last season we spoke about restructuring, which isn't the same as redundancy. But I think one thing I can say is like, don't make up situations that they're not. Like the world isn't actually ending. We're in a cost of living crisis, but it's not that every single business is going to close down and every single person is going to lose their job. Like workers are needed, jobs are needed. So I would say, to that to sort of before you even get to that stage don't stress yourself out about situations that are not real if you have a job and you're doing a good job and you're keeping your receipts and you know your worth and you know your value sit in that rather than sitting in worry anticipate anticipating things that might not happen that's very different from if you are actually experiencing uh, a redundancy or have um, and I think, you know, we've got much to say. There's so many platforms. We're probably going to have to share them about effective saving, um, you know, effective investment, as Tolls alluded to, to sort of safeguard yourself now. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, how few households have, say, have savings of less than £2,000. You know, if I lost my job today, could I pay my bills for six months? No, that's not a good place to be in. So whilst I'm not redundant, whilst I do have a job, rather I think it's time to start thinking about how can I safeguard myself? How can I be better saving? How can I be better investing to make sure that I'm protected against these things? Um, I had one other really good point to make, but I'll hand over to Tolls. I'll come back if I remember it. Um, yeah, I forgot to touch upon this one, actually. I, I don't really have too much to to add, really, because, like you said, it's not a situation where you kind of wallow in paranoia because the worry doesn't do anything for anybody. It's just energy that gives you no return on investment whatsoever. If you are going through um, potential redundancy, um, I'd say seek all the advice that you need to in the relevant you know areas get a lawyer if you're able to afford that if you're not um speak to peers speak to colleagues if you can trust them those kind of things um in general I, I just think it's a really difficult one and I wouldn't really want to give too too much advice on that because it's not really my area of um expertise so sorry to talk, but I do remember mm. don't hide if you are struggling to pay the bills open the letters bruv phone people up make payment plans mm. review, see where you can reduce costs like from the point of the supplier or the provider don't hide from your problems either 
is a is another piece of advice so you know you'll be surprised at sort of the parameters that energy providers mobile phone providers people can put in place if you're saying you're struggling um they they can help you don't avoid the problem Mm, and to speak to that there are resources online such as um citizens advice who are able to provide advice on an innumerable amount of issues um pertaining to just social welfare in general and there's also what's that his name's martin lewis what's his site it's not money supermarket what is money now he does advise on that but he's the money man isn't it yeah he does feature heavily but yeah. Martin Lewis, yeah. he's fantastic resource in terms of understanding you know what the current situation is what that looks like in real terms and also providing really practical advice for people in terms of kind of how to manage these situations so do make use of the resources available and we of course will be linking to them and obviously we'll prioritize um, um, our you know fellow black women who we know are kind of working in the area of finances employment law all those kind of things that may be really important to you guys yeah guys oh you've wrapped it up really really well like we've been talking for a while now so I know I've got to cut it down I think I would just add that um and hopefully when we put the posts and stuff up we can link this link um as shan was saying before you need to kind of look at what you're entitled to so there is a site called entitled to where you can put in all your um all your assets like what things you're doing what you're earning and see if you are entitled to anything so as shan was talking about before the childcare stuff you might be able to get something there or then there's also cost of living that the government is now reading off and giving to people so there might be something there so make sure you kind of look into what you're entitled to as said before it isn't the end of the world um you know the cost of living is going to affect us for a while but there are things that we can still enjoy we also have life which is the biggest blessing so use that to kind of do something else find some more hobbies that you can do that might be a bit more affordable if that if before you were using your free time to go on holidays maybe look at a different way that you can use your time and if you've got kids there's a lot of fun things that kids can do there's a lot of websites online where you can find things for the kids to do as well so um i'm just going to end it here I know we can talk about cost of living forever. Maybe we can have another episode later on down the line to follow up on this because I'm sure there'll be other things coming up that people might want to discuss. Um, but I'm going to end it here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're back, season seven. I know. I know this probably wasn't like the most joyous topic to talk yeah. about, but we're real life and we know, you know, there's no point in skirting around the things mm-hmm. that are affecting us, but we have got a really exciting season yes yes with lots of exciting news to share before the year ends so um definitely definitely it was definitely worth sharing these tips and sort of reflecting on like okay what am I doing to address the cost of living but um because black women working we'd be keeping it real but I'm really looking forward to this season yes 100 100 what else am I supposed to be saying it's all already don't like repeating myself Oh, okay. Um, so as you guys know, <laughs> yeah. as we always end, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, remember to keep the conversation no, no, going. No, 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 you missed some off. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tolls, Tolls, Tolls has said it for me. 
Just keep, uh, just keep talking about us. Keep our names in your mouth, as many people would say. <laughs> for good reasons. And, yes, for good reasons. Um, and as I was talking about before earlier on, our at is at BWW Podcast UK on Twitter and Instagram. So at us, DM us, do whatever you want to do. And tweet, tweet us, DM us or whatever. And then email us at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want us to talk about on the season, give us your input. We're always looking forward to your responses and our conversations with you. So, yeah, this is the end now of this episode, the first of season seven. And I hope you guys will continue to rejoin us for the rest of the season. Alrighty. Thanks, Ray. Right. Thanks, See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.